Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gods and goddesses, to the Golden Age Gurus Podcast, your source for regenerative, entrepreneurial, and eco-friendly global solutions using ancient future strategies that focus on healing ourselves, our community, and the planet. Now, it is truly an honor to introduce your host, Baba John. everyone this is baba john it's august 9th we just went through the lion's gate i actually uh had my first day of law school and following in the footsteps of thurgood marshall who was a judge that was um instrumental and in the civil rights movement feeling uh pretty awesome about uh the path the new path that I'm on. I'm sure all of you are having lots of transformation and change right now. Uh, hold, hold on to your bootstraps and hang in there. It'll be okay. Remember to pray. So that's why I got Carla coming on today. She's a medicine woman. She is. She does not identify as a shaman, and uh, I kind of sometimes look at her that way, but she does not look at herself that way or call herself that. I just want to say, so she's she's a very awesome healer, medicine woman. Um, she's been apprenticing with uh, Nana Marina, who is a relation of Tata Pedro, who's a pretty big uh, Mayan elder uh, who who recently passed, and she's learning how to keep the fire and been doing moon dance, and I've sat with her. Uh, many times in many different kinds of ceremony. And I also got my musical upgrade from Carla. So thank you, Carla. Uh, she's got some music codes. Also, if you hang in there at the end, we have a treat for you. Uh, a couple songs that uh, I recorded uh, of us singing together. And um, yeah, so Carla's going to be talking about... Uh, medicinal psychotherapy which is kind of a fringe science a lot of these things are uh, I, I know I know they're about to possibly um, include MDMA in a, in a legal uh, psychotherapy uh, as a legal psychotherapy and other things are slated for for that Carla actually got her undergraduate in psychology so she's actually coming from that place of helping people so without further ado I want to introduce you to Carla Jeanette aka Starlita how you doing Starlita. <laughs> That's me. Well, welcome to the podcast. It is great to have you. How are you? 
I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. So how's California treating you? Nice. It's me. I took a dip in the ocean yesterday and I got a massage today by one of my friends, a fellow healer, medicine woman. And yeah, feeling good integrating back into this side of the world. Are you hanging out at the, the dragon's lair? At the dragon's nest, yes. <laughs> Sweet. Well, how, how did you uh, uh, t- tell us a little bit about how you uh, came to find yourself in this dragon's nest situation and what are you guys doing out there? <laughs> Yeah, the Dragon's Nest is a community space, event space, medicine house where um, ceremony and community workshops, play shops happen. Um, Yeah, I met these sisters a few years back in San Diego here through the ecstatic dance community and my friends, one of the organizers and producers of ecstatic dance and she's just an overall badass at creating community and she made her home also a space for community to gather and I met her when she was at a previous location called the Lunar Sphere and when she transitioned into this new home I um, was with them in that first stage and helped actually name the, the space myself actually it was my idea to call it and the dragon's nest and because I felt that it was a nest for me to come back to I tend to and visit different locations different vortexes and their space was always a place for me to land and so it was a nest and um, it's kind of evolved from that expanded to attract more dragons birds uh more uh medicine people and family like myself nice well my word for god means pretty much rainbow dragon Mm. i love the Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's a super magical and mystical creature (laughs) yeah um do you, do you think dragons really existed? Do you believe dragons Earth? existed? I believe that they still exist, perhaps in an alternate dimension, one that we might not be able to see, or maybe some of us can see, um, but I definitely feel their presence and their consciousness um, supporting us in our ascension. Yeah, I've uh, definitely seen some some videos about uh, different families called the dragon families that supposedly run the planet. Also, I know there's like a eastern dragon family and, you know, that's like the uh, Japanese, Chinese, the east, you know, Mm -hmm. and then... uh, 
I don't, I don't know. I've, I've definitely been doing some some research. I just watched an Ancient Aliens episode on Dragon. So I'll put that in the, put that in the show notes. Honor Quetzalcoatl is a rainbow feather serpent, and by another name, that could be also a dragon, as well as in Peru, in the Inca civilization and. Pre-Inca, they, they have a mythological being, creature called the um, Amaru, which is the serpent, but the Gran Amaru is the great serpent, also has claws like a jaguar and um, the wings and the beak of a, of a condor. So I was in the museum in Peru. They were sharing that this creature is similar to the Chinese dragon in that when we look at these dragons, what we find that similar is that they have the body of a serpent, the claws of a, a lion, of a jaguar, and then the wings of a, of a bird, of an eagle or a condor, for example. Nice. So you're, you basically grew up out there at the border. You're from, from Tijuana originally, correct? I was born in Tijuana and grew up on both sides of the border of um, California. Yeah, so you have the you have a lineage, a Mexican lineage. Uh, you speak good English because <clears throat> of the Cali factor. Yeah, yeah. I went to school all my life in the United States, but my family speaks Spanish, and so I speak Spanish at home and English at school. I got a really good deal in that sense. So it made it really easy for me to be bilingual. And you and you studied. Uh, at the university there in San Diego, psychology? Yeah, I studied clinical psych at UCSD. Okay. So, you know, that's that's kind of a good foundation to the kind of work that I know you to be doing, which mm -hmm. is working with uh, med uh, plant medicines and modalities, uh, native modalities. So... Uh, you know, how did you, how did you find this, this calling? What's your, what's your uh, story? And what do you, what do you call yourself? Do you want me to call you a, a shaman, shaman, nah? <laughs> Shamanan. I definitely consider myself a sh like a shamanic practitioner. And I work with shamanic energy and shamanic practices, medicine. But I really feel that I'm a healer and a teacher more than any other title in that, you know, I've studied many modalities in order to provide healing and to heal myself. And through that experiential learning journey, I've um, also started teaching because um, I just feel like that's part of my, my purpose too, is to be a bridge for for the ancient and the modern and I have a I'm a Scorpio <laughs> and that just makes me really good at um, kind of putting words to con like mystical concepts and my my but yeah my background is in psychology clinical psych so I have that I'm an like investigator and I'm also pretty analytical so I have a way of like being able to yeah capture like mystical concepts 
and to words. And a lot of times my students can um, just really resonate and feel like I help them get clear on what's happening to them. And so um, back to your question about how I came to this work. Um, well, my, my grandmother is a doctor and so is my grandfather. And in large part, I was raised by my grandmother because my parents had me at a very young age at 18. And so I spent a lot of time with my grandmother and also my aunt, who's a biochemist. So I was always around like medicinal people in the sense. And I never had like life, like a health insurance. You know, I would always go to my grandma for anything that I needed. And she was always the one to um, diagnose me and prescribe me what I needed, the medication at the time. And I mean, I lived a pretty uh, healthy childhood in the, in the sense the physically, physically healthy. I, I definitely didn't have to go to the hospital um, almost at all. And uh, yeah, my grandma kind of like instilled that in me, that healer and that, um, that eye to see, you know, what needs to transform and also, I have a really good memory, and so, you know, just ways to catch different diagnoses. Like, by a, for, at a very young age, I was already diagnosing myself and just coming to her, like, okay, can you, you know, I have this, this, and that, and, um, you know, I'd get a recipe or um, a prescription. And, um, yeah, I feel that that took a, that was a huge influence and that led me to go to school to study. Um, at first I was a pre-med, but then I really landed with psychology because uh, I actually grew up in a home that had some addiction and anxiety and depression and running in my family and my, and my mother and other relatives. So I was always really curious about the mind and how to heal the mind, my own and my family's. And so once I was in college, I decided to go to the, through the clinic, to the clinical site route. And yeah, once I graduated from there, I like simultaneously started finding yoga and music. And after I graduated, I started and I just, I caught the travel bug. It was, I had the best time exploring new cultures, new kinds of people. So um, I decided to not pursue my master's right away and instead took off to go traveling. And that was in 2011. And by 2012, I pretty much closed up shop and <laughs> retired. And I've been traveling since. And through that, those travels, I really got to know myself and I got to know my shadows and know my light and that journey, um, yeah, really awakened me uh, I, through when, on my travels. I found, well, I, had a, I already was practicing like Bikram yoga in the States and hot yoga, like different kinds of you find at these studios. But when I was traveling, um, I was inspired to go do a yoga teacher training in India. And that's when my eyes really opened to the true depth of yoga and the spiritual practice of yoga. And that's where I discovered the chakras and Ayurveda and something awoke in me where I had this higher perception 
my third eye opened and I was started to really see uh, surface and I also had read like the power of now and so certain things started happening in my life that started awakening me to maybe things uh, were happening uh, because I was living out certain patterns and certain um yeah karmas uh consequence consequences samskaras that perhaps I brought into this life from another life or were definitely being carried over from my childhood and so that set me on a journey to learn more about yoga and healing and chakra psychology. Um, yeah, and it carried me out. It's still carrying me the, this, the same practices. Do, do, they, do they teach, what do they think demons are in psychology school? How do they explain, how do they explain that? <laughs> I don't think they're getting to that level in, um, my, in your back when you're getting your bachelor's we get you get more into like different like psychotic disorders like that was probably what if you were to claim that you saw a demon to a psychiatrist <laughs> you might be you know they might give you a test to see if you're schizophrenic or have some other type of pathology or psychosis and that's really um how I haven't gone back to school, I guess, too, because once I discovered yoga and, and Ayurveda, which is the medical science of yoga, and um, what I call chakra psychology, which is um, the chakras, the, the chakra system and its characteristics based on our Western uh, model of psychology, um, there was no room for these extra <laughs> kind of energies, like you're saying, demons, and it's not like, Western psychology isn't spiritual, but our experience as humans is spiritual. So I was definitely, I definitely started gravitating more toward like holistic healing and Ayurveda yoga um, provided that for me. Yeah. So I've, now, now you're into Kundalini yoga. So how, how did, how'd you go from, you didn't learn that in, in India, did you? No, in India, actually, I studied uh, Ashtanga yoga, and that's actually a different branch of yoga than Kundalini. In Ashtanga, you might say it's the right-handed path where you're having to renounce, actually, a lot of, uh, of our mundane and human <laughs> uh, what uh, like practices. You know, you're, there's – and it's a code of – and ask a lot of you, you know, in Ashtanga yoga, the practice is to wake up every morning at six and to do the same sequence every day. And ideally, you're, you're vegetarian and you're eating specific, like, veggies according to your doshas, which is – and you're, you're abstaining from sex. You're really abstaining from a lot of, like <laughs> – normal human activities the, the and, fun stuff yeah and even in the practice of like when i was studying ashtanga they were actually they would actually not shun but they didn't recommend kriyas which are what we practice in chakra i mean in kundalini like they almost wanted you to not really explore the cities or the psychic gifts so it's about like staying really narrow focus on your practice 
and not like chasing that like mystical experience where in Tantra, it's like the left-handed path and pretty much it's about uniting and transcending duality at the same time. So it's all about exploring the light and the shadow and all of the extremes of the human experience, including sex, including even gluttony and just things that we as humans might judge if shun shun as a way to transcend that judgment and that duality of right and wrong so it's a completely different tantra is a completely different path and from tantra kundalini is like a more refined practice that works specifically on the chakras and has like specific mantras and practices purification exercises that are the kriyas that unlock the chakras and awaken our potential and all of the magic that that we we have inside of us. Beautiful. Yes, I, I enjoy uh, doing Kundalini, and uh, you you're a good you're a great teacher. I can attest to your uh, yogi skills. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I've also sat with you. Uh, with Cam- Cambo a number of times. Um, how many times have we done Cambo? Maybe like five times, something like this. Five times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I okay. mean, it all, it all kind of unraveled very organically for me, like the medicine path. Like I mentioned in my tra- on my travels, I learned yoga and I, I got my teacher, my teacher, teacher training certification when I was there. But at the time I was like 23 and it took me two years to fully integrate that experience before I even started teaching. Like I was like, I really wanted to embody the lifestyle of a yogi. And I had a lot of work to do around just my extracurricular activities and diet and just lifestyle until finally, after two years, I was walking my path and cutting out a lot of the things and once I really started to teach and started like focusing on developing my path as a healer and as a teacher that's when um, I actually trained in Reiki energy healing which is an energy healing modality that works with your hands it's not invasive and and that also awakens the chakras and gets things stirring it kind of catalyzes your awakening process which then led me to finding kundalini and after kundalini i found like shamanic dance because there was a woman that taught kundalini dance and that led to shamanic dance and that led to plant medicine and one plant i started with cacao and then cacao spoke to combo and then combo came into my life and so forth so now i'm at a place where I have a relationship with multiple plants and modalities and that's why why I call myself a healer, a medicine woman and in that I have a bunch of different medicines in my, in my toolbox and depending on what the need is, what the season, the cycle, the moon, um, I can help people find what's, what's appropriate for that, for that, for that moment. Yeah. So just for the record at this time, Cambo is completely legal in America. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. Sweet. I I know they did. They they started uh, doing some weird stuff in in Brazil where where it comes from. As yeah. far as big pharma. And just for the listeners, if they don't know what combo is, it's 
it's a frog medicine from the Amazon. Um, and this medicine, we collect the medicine from the back of their, from the skin, from the secretions of their, of their skin. And that medicine, that secretion, also known as, you know, perhaps a poison, is placed on our body, uh, on our skin, and it's absorbed through through the skin and helps uh, support the the body clean the body's cleansing through through purging through through sweating through lymphatic drainage. It's it's frog frog venom, basically. Yeah, frog venom. But yeah, many times those medicines that are poisons are the ones that are bringing us the most healing, especially, you know, in shamanic indigenous medicine <laughs> in that realm. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not the funnest thing, but it definitely uh, will will get your body to do do a purge of things it doesn't. Right. It to... Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's like these venoms do put the body through stress and perhaps even how, how like pushes the practitioner, the person that's receiving the medicine to a point where they are feeling they're having a near death experience, but it's through that death experience through that ritual that they do like reach the spiritual realm and that they experience transformation on, on the level of spirit. So who taught you how to do Cambo? And I know, I know you went down to the rainforest and actually worked down there, right? How did yeah. you learn originally? Actually, originally I was taught by a Western woman who, who saw something in me and, you know, wanted to train me, but it's been a huge less learning lesson because at the time I was pretty young and say naive. This woman wasn't fully there. So she was kind of one of those shamans that you hear about and that breaks a lot of rules and perhaps isn't in this, in the, in, in, a, in the alignment or integrity doesn't follow, doesn't have um, the integrity that I would want now in my, at this juncture in my life. And um, I think many times on the shamanic path, we do have initiations like like what I experienced with this woman that really teach us, really teach us who we are and also show great spirit who we are too in the face of perhaps um, darkness or adversity. But outside of that, I have gone to the jungle and I have received training and I did meet the frog and, you know, have done a lot to, to right that wrong, essentially. I, she didn't do very much to train me. I've had to go really on my own quest. And, and now I have a handful of fellow practitioners, peers that I reach out to and um, exchange notes with and get advice when something arises that I'm not familiar with. And yeah, I went and met the frog myself and collected my own medicine and I got a first firsthand view and perspective of what, what's going on down there as well. Well, what's going on? <laughs> well, um, there's a lot going on down at the, in the Amazon, but there's a lot of 
people because of the because of the demand for plant medicine there is there is people there are people indigenous people even that are you know in these places in peru or in, in brazil and probably and you know other places in the world that also you know rip off the medicine or perhaps acquiring it in a way that's not in integrity that's not in respect and are you doing it to to make money and of course there's like these people are po- much more poor than poorer than I, are we are here in the west so if they have this opportunity like why wouldn't they do that you know and so i really believe it's our responsibility as practitioners to do our best to get the medicine as close to the source as possible and that goes for all medicines um that is how we can guarantee the 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 frequency the vibration that the me- that the medicine carries is pure and that's not one of like greed or sh- of shadow of darkness um, yeah. and yeah, i do like, believe like, that these- yeah like, go ahead like people that would traffic or do something that's not high vibe the medicine would be affected that way so you want to make sure you know where the medicine comes from right yeah exactly you want to yeah and also like the people that carry the medicine that people that sell it that medicine is super sensitive it's and it's gonna feel the frequency of all that touches it you know and so when we can when we can get as close to the source as possible that's when um we can yeah guarantee the purity and and yeah the frequency that the medicine carries the more that your practitioner the more effort your practitioner puts into finding the medicine from the source then you know that that practitioner probably is also carried you know medicine um, their own medicine that's probably of high ethics and high moral value. And I feel like that's the kind of person that I want to sit with in ceremony, at least, and receive medicine from. Right. This show is brought to you on Patreon, where creators are supported by their tribe. For the cost of a latte, you can support the show and my advocacy around fringe legal topics ranging from zero waste in Bitcoin to matters of spirit. I'm committed to serving mankind by providing thousands of years of ancestral wisdom. Learn from my gurus, join my network, and get exclusive content. We have a free tier so you don't have to worry about money. A support tier for just a few bucks and an apprentice level for aspiring Jedi interested in my mystery school and nature-based ministry. We have a VIP business tier for CEOs who want their own wizard. Just remember, King Arthur had a Merlin and Queen Elizabeth had her John D. Historically, I've charged way more as a consultant, but while I wrap my last year of law school, I'm willing to help just to get this new platform going. You'll have access to me with the Voxer app and get access to the advocacy launchpad and Discord. Sponsorship is sold separate. If you're interested, message and visit patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash golden age gurus. Follow for free and support if you can. So tell me about cacao. Cacao is chocolate and, and it's in its pure raw form 
and cacao has changed my life. You know, cacao ceremonies are kind of new. They're kind of this new trending kind of experience that you're, people might hear about in like the spiritual or conscious community or like transformational festivals. And I first heard about a cacao ceremony in, in, in Thailand on this island called Copenhagen, where I saw a woman that was facilitating cacao ceremonies with ecstatic dance or, and I just remember seeing a video on you, a YouTube video of the, her doing this for, for, for a living. And for those that don't know who, what ecstatic dance is, it's this, um, it's this movement, I guess you can call it, of gathering to dance together and ecstatic dance. It's a practice, too, of movement meditation for people that want to express themselves creatively through dance and want to do it in a space, in a safe space where there aren't people drinking or doing drugs and aren't even aren't and aren't talking on the dance floor so some those are some of the the reg the right the rules and guidelines and so a lot of times they'll pair cacao with this experience as a way to like drop in into ritual into your intention into ceremony and so when i saw this woman like leading people through this cacao ritual and through this dance class i was like i want to do that when i get older and uh and it just stuck with me. And I remember buying my first bag of cacao at the health food store because it's also a supplement. It's a superfood that's rich in antioxidants and magnesium and natural antidepressant. And um, yeah, I just started like doing and just following my intuition and kind of like, you know, creating I like created my own first like new moon and full moon ceremony just just doing it because I had heard about it. And um, now, you know, that's like six, seven years ago, you know, my love and passion for cacao and the study of it, you know, took me to Guatemala to go learn firsthand from other cacao practitioners, as well as the indigenous um, Mayan people there that produce it, that cultivate it, and that also uh, hold ceremony with it. And uh, I also learned a lot through holding ceremony myself, you know, I, I was a yoga teacher already. I was super passionate about, about the chakras, yet there was still this little part of me that was holding back. And it was, there was something about the medicine of cacao that like helped me break through my low self-esteem or I don't know. It was like, once I started adding cacao to my life, it just made everything in my life happened. Like all of my dreams started happening. I started teaching at the yoga studio that I always wanted to and started leading workshops and eventually leading women's circles and retreats. And like, that was the, that was the medicine of cacao that really catapulted all of that in some way, you know, she, in a way she really helped me get out of my head and out of those doubts and those thoughts and brought me back into my heart space. And yeah, I just started like, like you know like a bird just it just it just took off and um you know I'm still working with cacao now and and my own experience and journey um, inspired me to help and teach others how to lead cacao ceremonies as well so in the last few years I've especially once the pandemic hit and a lot of my work went online 
I really focus my, I, I focus a lot of my energy now on training others through my online program where they get to learn cacao ceremony for themselves and they get to about the chakras and how to create healing transformational rituals and embodiment practices. And I'm there as a guide and as a coach and a teacher all, all along the way. So, so you're mainly leading, um, what's your target market for this? As far as, um, what you, you know, your, your customer, what does your customer usually look like? Usually they're women and usually it's other women that are also in like either yoga teachers or they're starting off their healing path. Maybe they are, they have, they're also Reiki certified or wanting to be Reiki certified, which is also something that I, and women that are wanting that feel this connection to the divine feminine, to the goddess and want to explore that in a deeper way and start incorporating cacao and ritual and embodiment into their, into their business. So um, yeah, whether they're yoga teachers or coaches or healers, um, that's kind of, kind of the, the bread and butter. Nice. So uh, right now, if someone were to go to your website, they would be able to just sign up. The, the trainings are listed. Where are they listed at? Where can people go and check it out? Yeah, for example, I have a couple programs that I'm running right now. I'm running my Reiki Level 1 and 2 training, and that's in person in San Diego or online. And it can also be done in person anywhere I'm at. It just depends when I'm traveling. Um, and so that's, there's a link for that in the menu, in the main menu. It's called heart Reiki initiation. And then starting middle of August, end of August, the next cohort of my prosperity embodied program is starting as well. So you can also look up prosperity embodied, which is a program. And that's the program that is, what's the word I'm looking for encompassing it's it's learning how to which incorporates Reiki too but then also takes you on this chakra journey where where I'm teaching um individuals how to create sh- shamanic rituals shamanic practices in the chakras using the elementals and incorporating plant medicine into into their into their daily practice and so yeah those site those links are on my website um, Prosperity Embodied is the chakra program. Reiki is the Reiki program. And then it, I have retreats that I run periodically, you know, at least once a year, twice a year. And so those will also be on my webpage. Um, and I update it and I, I put, you, I usually put the, the latest one um, there. You can find it on the menu. Yeah, and I, they can follow you on um, your new TikTok or Instagram, which we'll put in the show notes as well. Yeah, you said you got a coupon uh, for listeners, correct? Yep. Sweet. Yeah, and I really wanted to share about um, like why I'm so passionate about the chakras and why it's the foundation of everything that I do, actually. Um, Before I started serving medicine 
you know, the chakras was the first healing modality that came to me and it's, and it comes from the lineage of Ayurveda and it transformed my life because before, when I was, when I discovered the chakras, I was in a, in a dark place, um, with a partner that was not a good fit and was, and we were, we were in a toxic relationship. He was a bit aggressive and violent and it was through learning about the chakras and awakening my chakras that I started to see the, the pattern that I was in. And had I not been doing the yoga and working with the chakras and kind of poking into my life, into my shadow, that I would have never have realized like, whoa, I'm in a pattern. I'm living out the same pattern that I grew up with in my family home because I grew up in a home where there was domestic violence and there was addiction. And I found myself reliving that pattern. And it was through understanding the, that the chakras are connected to our karma, which is car, karma is action and, and another word for consequence. So it's like, because I had lived in that vibration in those patterns when I was a child, I had essentially attracted that same situation into my reality and I was reliving it over and over again without knowing that I was. And so it was through the chakra work that I was able to awaken and understand and see more clearly the sh- the limiting patterns and my shadows that were holding me back from from transcending my current my current situation. And so I feel as a someone that studied psychology, clinical psychology that you know, if there's people out there sharing medicine, like, like we should know what their background's at. Like there are people literally starting to share medicine and they've never experienced any darkness in their life or, or they're, or just they're pure lights and I bless them. And, you know, they had a blessed life and they didn't have to do, they didn't have to struggle as much, but I'm not one of those healers. I'm one of the healers that actually completely transformed my life multiple times and really went through the dark night of the soul and really came out of it, you know, and through, it was through my faith, through these spiritual practices that I turned my life around and never looked back and never, and never, and, and since then, you know, was inspired to, to share these tools with others because, you know, I don't want people to be stuck in their own patterns and in their own darkness and shadow. And so, you know, because I study psychology and understood the mind. And then when I found the chakra system, now I blended those two systems and shamanism, archetypal psychology, chakra psychology, and then yoga or embodiment practices, ritual practices into a program where you get to explore who you are and ask those questions and dig deeper. And I would say that my, my chakra program, I call, I like to related to like, like each module is like an ayahuasca ceremony. Each module we're going through each, each individual chakra. And I'm asking questions around your, your background and your life and what happened and what you're doing currently. So in a way that like helps the person understand where they're at and where, if their chakra is healthy or imbalanced or what they can do to bring it back into balance. And, um, yeah, and essentially help people reach more wholeness within themselves, more self-awareness. Beautiful. And you, 
And you've gone down and, and done the dieta. Can you tell tell us about the custom of dieta in the Amazon? Yeah, sure. Dieta is something completely different. But um, for those of people that don't know what dieta is, it's it translates to diet. Um, dieta is the, the word diet in Spanish, but it's a specific type of cleansing practice where you go into you go into isolation from society and you rid you sacrifice different um, human pleasures and foods such as salt and you know dairy red meat you also give up sex all as in, in a way of all as a practice of devotion to the plants that you're going to diet and so when you're when as part of the diet you're purifying your body and you're then communing and connecting with one plant spirit and you working through and through the sacrifice of all of these humanly pleasures you create a clear pathway a clear point of connection with the plant realm and when you eliminate all these things from your body it makes you much more sensitive to subtle energy and and then during the dieta however long you are your focus is to connect with that plant and many times especially now since it's so popular they'll also um, give you ayahuasca as a way to connect with the plant on the air realm in the spirit realm as well so you you dieted uh what plants? Yeah, my in my my dieta last year that I was I did for a month. I I dieted bobinsana and another plant, chuichaki. And bobinsana is a pretty common plant that the mimosa that people diet as their first plant. It's very heart opening. She's pink. She's pink. She connects you to your create. She helps you connect to your creativity. Her mythological expression is a mermaid, and uh, yeah. she helps open the voice and helps open the heart to more unconditional love and compassion. So, you know, yeah. with with those qualities, you can understand why it's a good plant to start your your ayahuasca journey with, because she helps um, kind of you be in the heart space more. And then tuachaki is another plant that is actually a trickster. Kind of plant spirit and also very wise elder tree and that was a fun fun plant to diet it, he he brought a lot of humor and lightness to my consciousness and helped me see um and see and but also accept duality with mm. with much more ease and grace and and laughter <laughs> Do you do you associate these plants with different chakras? How does that work? No, the shipibos don't work with the chakras. That's they understand energy and they read energy, and but they don't actually work with the chakras. And but they 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 feel them, you know. And there's there's still work for us to you know to connect the two. My specific, like in my case. My teacher was like, I don't work with the chakras. So if you're doing your energy medicine, then you do your energy medicine. You're your own master. I'm not the master of that, of that lineage. And so that was very eye opening. And in my dieta, I actually did um, 
choose to kind of we did we sat ayahuasca 12 times in that journey and oh my god there's there's seven seven main chakras eight including the high heart which i like to include and i actually dedicated eight of those ceremonies to each one of those chakras i was like you know i've done this study all my life the last seven years i've been exploring chakra psychology what it would be and i teach people how to heal themselves in chakra in ceremonies dedicated to the chakras i was like what is it what would it feel like to do one ayahuasca ceremony where I focus on one chakra each. And so I went through this huge purge and uh, it was incredible, but also I don't recommend it to, to a beginner. It was something that um, is, pro- is perhaps for someone that's already done a lot of integration work pre and post uh, ceremony. Yeah, well, I guess that's what uh, we did uh, when we did the Brazilian uh, Orisha Church. What was that called? The Umbanda ceremony. The but Umbanda. they're not. They're, they're also not working with the chakras either. They're working with Orishas. So in the yeah, Orisha, but you but can the, correspond them, right? No, you. It's you, you. There's similarities, but when we start to clump everything into one category we're really doing a disrespect to these ancient lineages that are individually so profound so to say that like yamaya because she's the the goddess of the ocean is our sacral chakra of course there's similarities there's feminine energy there's water there's creativity but to clump them all together is really doing a disservice to these ancient lineages i i feel i think it's important to acknowledge that they're they are separate and working it there what they do with essentially where it's, it's similar is like what they do they did in that yo in that ayahuasca ceremony where they were connecting with the orishas and the archetypal psychology of those orishas which aka means goddess goddess force of nature um it's like that's what i'm doing with the chakras essentially it's like i'm connecting to the archetypal psychology of that chakra and the chakras are based on the elements and they're based on these on different colors and and uh, frequencies or tones and from that we can extract information and so it's a, it's a i would say it's completely different all right well you're the chakra <laughs> ninja yeah <laughs> Definitely. And I'm also not just that, like, I'm an activist and I'm an advocate for indigenous and ancient wisdom and teachings and honoring them and keeping them non-polluted. And so even though I like to blend different modalities, I've definitely taken the time out to study each one individually. And I'm still studying. I'm still learning. I'm still exploring and refining, like, um, it's definitely a lifelong practice. And I mean, these practices in, in them, like usually people will choose one of these lineages and stick to that one lineage. Like traditionally, they'll stick to that one lineage for their whole life. And But now with the internet and just these times that we're in, you know, we're awakening the golden age, like all of these practices are out and we're able to tap into them. And, you know, our society especially in the West is more of a capitalistic consumer society. And we're just so we're, we've been programmed to consume and take, take, take and buy and think that we can just like purchase a program. And then we know, but if you're really following these teachings correctly, like <laughs> once you start going down that rabbit hole, 
it never ends. And, you know, I feel like I know less now than I did before. And so, um, yeah, I'm an advocate for more awareness and more respect reciprocity around these around these different teachings and modalities. Awesome. So, so what's, what's the website? My website is heartcosm.net. And uh, the Insta handle. Yeah. My Instagram is heartcosm, which is H E A R T C O S M underscore net N E T. Beautiful. And we got a uh, 10% off any Carla event, any Heart Cosm. That's where they're going to go to get these events. Heart Cosm. Yep. Okay. Heartcosm.net. And the, and the coupon is uh, Save Golden. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Well, we appreciate that coupon for our listeners. And I'll post that at the bottom. Well, thanks for doing this. Thanks for joining us, Carla. It was great to have you and uh, many blessings to you. Thanks for having me, Baba John. Until next time, may the force be with you. enjoyed that episode uh, I have included as a bonus a couple songs part of being a shimana shaman apparently is uh, having a, a musical talent and being able to play and hold space for people during these ceremonies so Carla has a very beautiful voice she's been playing guitar for about three years at uh, compared to my 20 something and um we're just about the same level of skill so uh i didn't play for a long time and i got inspired by the medicine song genre and um carla definitely has helped activate my musical code so that's part of what she does as a as a coach for other shamans is is activating their their music which goes with the 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 practice of being a healer so i'm sure soon she'll she'll have her soundcloud she's got plenty of songs she's made up these songs i've included are not originals so i'll put the credits in the show notes and uh you know like subscribe hit the bell uh support the show if we brought any value to your life and uh support carla um And uh, yeah, many blessings. So enjoy the songs.